This is Gareth Southgate, and this is the Three Lions Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Three Lions Podcast. My name is Russell Osborne and this is an independent England of Football Supporters podcast. I hope I find you well. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the recent episode, the one on the Lionesses. Despite the results, well, it was it was one win and a first loss for Serena Weidman, wasn't it? Uh, but it's all there if you've not heard it yet. Just search Three Lions Podcast on your podcast provider. Now this is an episode that has come about fairly quickly, as on Wednesday the 12th of April, it was officially announced that England had been part of a joint bid to formally host the European Championships of 2028. It's effectively a UK and Ireland bid. England, Wales, Scotland, Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland, uh, all providing host stadiums, to accommodate the finals. Uh, These are due to be held between June and July 2028, so five years away. At the moment, it's not a cut and dry situation. Turkey have already placed their hat in the ring, submitting their bid back in March. Now, Russia, they initially placed a bid, but because of their current situation involving Ukraine, and the fact that national and domestic teams are banned from UEFA competitions, UEFA decided that a bid from them for both 2028 and 2032 would be invalid. Uh, And shortly after Italy won Euro 2020, in 2021, uh, their FA president expressed an interest in hosting the tournament although he then retracted this, saying that they would need more time to redevelop stadiums uh, and would then bid for 2032 as a more likely uh, bid from them. Now, this was a bidding process that has been open since September 2021. Uh, The 12th of April this year, 2023, was the date to submit the final bid dossier. And from here... UEFA, I guess, will read these, examine them both, uh, examine the UK and Ireland and Turkey's submissions. Uh, I guess they will visit uh, all the participating um, submissions. And then they will announce the winner in September of this year. I'll go on to explain a little more about our bid in a moment. But I thought first, let's just take a look at some previous bids that we as a country, England, uh, have been involved with, and also a couple of the other nations. Euro 2028 will be the 18th tournament of its kind, although over the years it has changed in its format. From 1960 to 1976, it was simply a four-team final, much like the Nations League finals we currently have. In fact, the first two finals, 1960 and 64, were actually known as the European Nations Cup. 1968 was the first time England made it to the finals, where we finished third, losing to Yugoslavia, then beating the USSR in the third and fourth place match. 
1980, the finals tournament was expanded to eight teams and was hosted by Italy. And this, apparently, was the first time England expressed an interest in hosting the competition. We put in a bid alongside Greece, the Netherlands, Germany and Switzerland. And actually, we came very close to winning it, given that we had hosted the 1966 World Cup so well. Although it would appear in the end, that was to actually go against us. As the final pairing were ourselves and Italy, and the fact that we had had that tournament 11 years previous and Italy hadn't had a World Cup since 1934, appears to have swung it for the Italians. Although it seems a little odd, as that was a FIFA decision, and Italy hosted the Euros in 1968. Anyway, uh, no point dwelling on that. Uh, West Germany went on to win those finals. Onwards to Euro 1988. Uh, Reading on both Wikipedia and also... England Football Online, it would appear we actually made a bid to host this one. But I can't really find much more about it, I have to say. Uh, And UEFA's website isn't particularly informative on the matter either. Uh, Clearly, we didn't win it. Uh, West Germany did, although the Netherlands won the actual finals, didn't they? Uh, But interestingly, even back then, a joint bid from Norway, Sweden and Denmark was also submitted and considered. Sweden was successful in bidding alone for the following tournament in 1992. Then we come to 1996. The FA chairman, then chairman, Bert Millichip, has gone on record as saying that West Germany's 1988 bid was considerably better than ours at the time, so he knew what was required to win the hosting rights. And it was a time when English football was at a crossroads. English teams had been banned from Europe following Heysel. Hillsborough was still fresh in people's minds. And it was the first time the competition had been expanded to 16 teams, now featuring four groups of four. And my personal opinion, it's the perfect format. However, at the time, when bidding opened... For the hosting rights, any nation bidding was under the assumption it was still for an eight-team format, which in the past hadn't required as many host stadiums and cities. Uh, It was a minimum requirement of four. Austria, Greece, the Netherlands, Portugal and ourselves, we all submitted bids by the 10th of December 1991. Remember, under the impression it was an eight-team format. And there is an online Parliament document that shows that 33 MPs showed support for the bid, uh, stating a motion of that this House welcomes the Football Association's bid to host the 1996 European Championships, which, if successful, would provide an enormous boost for the national game and establish Britain as a venue for major sporting events. Notes that UEFA will make their decision on the venue, in part, on the Football Association's ability to demonstrate that by 1996, England will have eight stadia which meet their requirements. Recognises that any support which the Government and Parliament can give 
will be vital in helping them secure the bid and therefore calls on the government to help the Football Association and clubs which will be involved in hosting the finals to ensure that England has a stock of football stadia capable of meeting UEFA requirements. I think as we know 1996 was the start of football as we really know it now isn't it? Sky and the Premier League began shortly before that but yeah it is what we know now. UEFA met at their executive committee meeting on the 5th of May 1992 where they announced that England would be the hosts for Euro 96. England had gathered support from other nations when they announced that they would withdraw from bidding for the 1998 World Cup, which guaranteed a supporting vote from other nations, including, of course, the French. Uh, Reading an article from the excellent 442 magazine, England's four stadia bid for the competition were thought to have been Wembley, Villa Park, Old Trafford and one of Leeds Elland Road, Newcastle St James's Park or Sunderland's old Roker Park Stadium. Now it's believed because of the breakup of the Soviet Union in 1991, UEFA now had an increase of national sides to oversee, which was the reason the finals expanded from 8 to 16. Six months after being awarded the finals, UEFA kind of knocked on the FA's offices at Lancaster Gate and said, could you accommodate eight more nations and use four more stadiums? And apparently on the back of this, there were conversations with the Welsh FA about incorporating Cardiff Arms Park, their then national stadium. Uh, In the end, it came to nothing, but eight stadiums were confirmed as being... Wembley, Old Trafford, Anfield, Villa Park, Ellen Road, Hillsborough, Nottingham Forest City Ground and St James's Park, home of Newcastle United. And as we know, home advantage just wasn't enough for us, as the United Germany won their first competition. Our Euro 2008 isn't a tournament that England fans have fond memories of, if any. <laughs> Uh, It wasn't one that we chose to bid for, but it was one where a joint bid by Scotland and the Republic of Ireland was put forward. However, it wasn't enough as they were eliminated in fifth position out of seven, and it was eventually hosted by Austria and Switzerland. Obviously, Euro 2020 was a pan-European competition held across 11 host cities, with the final being held at Wembley. So that's kind of where we are at the moment with regards to the history. But as I mentioned, Turkey appear to be the only opposition to this UK and Ireland bid. So what about their history? Now they've never hosted or bid for a World Cup before, but they have tried, unsuccessfully, uh, for previous Euros. Uh, and I think regardless of the outcome of this bid from from Turkey and of either us, this might be a springboard for a future World Cup bid from the Turks, I think, personally. Um, but with regards to their bids for the Euros, uh, they first bid uh, for 2008. They teamed up with neighbours Greece 
but ended the process in third place behind Hungary's bid uh, and the one I just mentioned, the winning one of Austria and Switzerland. 2012, they submitted a bid but were eliminated from the final selection. Now, Euro 2016, this was the year when the finals was increased to 24 teams. They actually came second to France in the hosting rights. So they were beginning to be taken seriously. Although having said that, Euro 2020, uh, they weren't successful in being one of the hosting cities. But then Euro 2024, the one that's being hosted by Germany, they were once again second behind Germany's bid. Again, being taken seriously. So bringing it back up to date, the submitted bid for Euro 2028 from the UK and Ireland perspective, what does it hold? Well, there are 10 stadiums that are on the list, three of which are from Euro 96. Although it has to be said, they look a lot different now. Uh, the 10 stadiums are Wembley, uh, the Principality Stadium in Cardiff, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, of course in London, the Etihad Stadium, home of Manchester City. Everton's yet-to-be-finished new ground up in Liverpool on the, the banks of the Mersey. This looks good from what I've seen of that so far. Uh, St James's Park in Newcastle. Villa Park in Birmingham. Hampden Park in Glasgow. The Aviva Stadium in Dublin. Casement Park in Belfast. Now, this is the smallest stadium at 34,500 capacity and is the one I know the least about. Uh, in fact, it's in a similar situation to Everton uh, in that it's yet unbuilt. And this has taken the place of Windsor Park, of course, Belfast's major stadium, which has been deemed to be insufficient to UEFA standards. It's really a high standard of stadia bid, isn't it? Which, as you'll notice, it doesn't involve Manchester United's Old Trafford, which, despite its large capacity, shows just how far down in quality it's fallen uh, and that Manchester City's Etihad has been chosen ahead of it. But the big question that has to be asked, how does qualification work? Should we, the UK and Ireland, be successful in being awarded it. As a rule of thumb, the hosts would have automatic qualification. But UEFA can't have five predetermined finalists out of 24, can they? Not quite sure how they're going to uh, get around this one. Uh, but there was an FA statement that said, high capacity, world famous football grounds and state of the art new venues will provide the platform for the biggest and most commercially staged Euros ever, making us a low-risk, high-reward host. And also, according to a statement, 80% of ticket holders would be able to travel to the matches by public transport. Now, I think they probably have to add that in for the tick the green box, um, as the slogan for the bid is football for all, football for good, Football for the future. Uh, and like the Euro 96 bid, it's had government approval. The bid has been backed by Prime Minister Rishi Sunak, Irish Prime Minister Leo Varadkar, Scotland's First Minister Humza Yousaf, 
and Wales First Minister Mark Drakeford, who said it would be the biggest sporting event our islands have ever jointly staged. Obviously, the final of Euro 2020 is going to constantly be referred to. Whether that is an effect on the outcome remains to be seen. But what about Turkey? Ten stadiums, with eight being generally on the eastern side of the country. Uh, there's one in the northeast in the city of Trabzon, and one in the south in the city of Gaziantep, a city on the border of Syria, which obviously conjures up images of the recent earthquakes the country has suffered. Uh, I don't know how much infrastructure has been damaged, uh, and as a city, that wasn't too far from the epicentre of the first quake in February. Generally, the stadiums are of a high standard. Some of them are new builds, some are currently being renovated, and the Ataturk Olympic Stadium in Istanbul, once it's renovated, will have a capacity of over 92,000 and will actually host this year's Champions League final. And incidentally, with Turkey being split between Europe and Asia, I think it's the the Bosphorus River in Istanbul that divides, isn't it? Uh, We could have a Euros being vastly held in Asia, couldn't we? But from a personal perspective, I like the idea of travelling for a finals. I've seen Euro 96. I went to every England game in Euro 2020. I witnessed the final both on Wembley Way and the game inside the stadium. And I've been to Turkey a few times. I've found it to be a hospitable country, although I am fully aware of the history of football between the two nations, either domestic or internationally. I don't think there is an obvious winner. The fact that Turkey haven't had a winning bid before, but have been good enough to have been considered in recent years, in my eyes, puts them as strong candidates. The size of the country and the locations of those two grounds I mentioned might go against them. Uh, I don't know of the infrastructure of that part of the country, the road network, and it might be flights. I don't know. I'm sure there's train lines that go to it, uh, and they'll be looking to get those improved if they're not up to scratch at the moment. And then, however, I know that as a country... We have the quality of stadiums in place, uh, barring Everton's ground. Uh, Scotland's Hamden, Dublin's Aviva and Cardiff's Principality, they're all world-class stadiums. But I still worry about the fallout from our Euro final, which is frustrating considering it's not an on-field matter, as it were. I think it really could go either way come September. I couldn't tell you. Toss a coin job. Anyway, thanks for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it, me waffling on for 15, 20 minutes. Uh, Perhaps you disagree or you agree. Let me know. Uh, You can follow the show on social media. Just search Three Lions Podcast. Drop me a line. I'll be back with you again soon with some more England-related content. I hope you can join me for it. So until then, take care of yourselves. Cheers. Cheers.